0: Asymmetrical Haircuts, Justice Update, with Janet Anderson and Stephanie Vandenberg.
1: Hey, Stephanie, you've been busy. Yeah, I spent all day at the Kosovo Specialist Court for the beginning of their first trial ever, and then just as I got off my bike to go home, I realized that uh, judges had allowed the opening into a Philippines investigation, and then I had about an hour at home digesting that news before dashing off to a Srebrenica play by, done by one of our former interviewees on the podcast.
0: Yeah, there's so much I need to know about all of this. Um, but um, first, I um, know the, there's a lot to get through. Why don't we just stick with your special interest topic and uh, just do the Balkans? to start with, and this first Kosovo tribunal trial. um, Let's just remind ourselves, what is the KSC and what's it been set up to do? And how's it work?
1: The Kosovo Specialist Chambers was officially set up in 2015. And it's basically meant as a kind of sweep up operation uh, to try crimes of uh, members of the Kosovo Liberation Army that uh, you would think would fall under the remit of the tribunal for the former Yugoslavia. But by the time we kind of got to the fact that these things should be investigated, (laughs) that tribunal was wrapping up and wasn't taking any new cases. And so under pressure from the European Union, Kosovo was kind of forced to open this court to try former KLA commanders, but because of the sensitivities and the fact that this is a a very complicated case in Kosovo it's it's completely staffed by internationals and seated in the Hague just to avoid witness intimidation
0: yeah i mean it's complicated as uh, you've just uh, said but uh, more grist to our mill because it's down the road in the Hague um I think one of the main issues has been how the court has seen itself. We did um, podcasts with uh, like Una uh, Haidari about that. We also did one earlier with uh, Madge Graston about it. I mean, there was this thing, isn't it, that... People in Kosovo actually see this court as a bit unfair, that it's kind of been imposed from the outside, um, that it's sort of their freedom heroes
1: versus the court. Um, Was it one of their heroes who was in the court this week? Well, Salih Mustafa, the person on trial here, is a relatively minor fish. He doesn't inspire the dedication and the flag waving from protesters that we saw when the former Kosovo president Hashim Tachi came to court. But of course, this is the first trial uh, so it's symbolic and everybody in the courtroom knew it and everybody took advantage of their kind of day in the sun for the publicity of this court.
0: Oh, yes. I remember those first days in uh, in court and uh, everybody has something to say. So why don't you set the scene for us?
1: Well, I think uh, when Salih Mustafa walked in, you could already see that he was uh, not about to make this easy for the court. In earlier hearings, he wore a suit. But now he appeared in a tracksuit and hoodie in uh, uh, red and black colors of the uh, Albanian flag. He looked bored, Uh, Yeah, I say he gave his best best annoyed teenager impression. And uh, when he was asked officially to confirm his plea, if not guilty, he got a dig in at the court and compared it to the Nazi secret police, the Gestapo. And uh, we'll listen to that bit now. You'll hear it very faintly, I think, because the interpreter was a little embarrassed that he actually said that.
2: On the 28th of October of last year, you pleaded not guilty to all counts of the confirmed indictment. But you have, wait, wait, I will ask you a question. You have now the opportunity to confirm the plea Do you confirm your initial plea of not (coughs) guilty to all counts?
0: Poor Yes, I do. I am not guilty of any of the counts brought here before me by this uh,
1: Gestapo office.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not guilty of anything from this Gestapo office, as he said. I mean, a real classic move there, attempting to undermine the legitimacy of uh, the courts. Um, and then what came next?
1: Well, prosecutor Jack Smith obviously came prepared for this. He directly called out opponents of the court in Kosovo. And he will use, you will hear him use the acronym SPO, the Special Prosecutor's Office, to uh, refer to his
2: office. The SPO does not levy accusations against the KLA or against the war it fought for its independence. It is neither the job nor the desire of the SPO or myself to do so. Some people, often the same ones who've tried to intimidate witnesses and victims, have tried to create confusion on this matter to blur this important distinction. They claim that these trials are against Kosovo and its people. Nothing. Nothing could be further from the truth.
1: He also stressed that Mustafa's victims were ordinary Kosovo Albanians. And at this point, you might start to wonder what his accent reminds you of, as I did yesterday. Uh, And one of my colleagues said that Smith, who is from Tennessee, reminds him of Matthew McConaughey from that classic lawyer movie, A Time to Kill. So now for me, it's really impossible to unhear him as Matthew McConaughey.
2: You will see that the victims of Mr. Mustafa the accused were all fellow Kosovar Albanians. I say that again. The victims of Mr. Mustafa were fellow Kosovar Albanians. These people, they were not enemies of the state of Kosovo. They were not spies. They were fellow community members. Innocent Kosovar Albanians whose only crime was to be viewed for one reason or another as an impediment to the KLA and certain of its leaders, and thus labeled as collaborators. Now, for those who've been opponents of this institution, who have sought to obstruct the work of this court and my office at every turn, this is an inconvenient fact, but it is a fact nonetheless, an unassailable fact. The truth, the truth as will be laid before this court in the coming weeks, is that certain KLA leaders, including Mr. Mustafa, used their power to victimize and to brutalize fellow Kosovar Albanians, including individuals whose only crime was to have political views that differed from those of the KLA and its leaders.
1: And of course, uh, to leave no stone unturned, Smith also addressed the argument that is often heard from Kosovo's side, is that the Serb forces did much, much worse.
2: As a prosecutor, it is beyond my remit to argue to you or decide what wars were just and what wars were not. But I can say with conviction that war crimes on one side do not justify war crimes on the other side. Perhaps just as importantly, I know that truth never damages a cause that is just. To those who do not have confidence in the fairness and the transparency of these proceedings, I say watch this trial and watch those that follow. Watch how this court functions and then judge.
0: I'm really interested to see also exactly how the uh, defense comes back on some of these things and what their strategy is going to be. And I'm sure, of course, we'll, we'll cover that uh, later. But uh, anything else you want to uh, point up from what Smith had to say?
1: Well, I think especially for the fans of uh, international justice spats and and internal critique, uh, Smith also took some digs at uh, other unnamed courts and tribunals and how long they take to finish trials, um, saying that he hoped the Kosovo court would be much, much quicker.
2: I also firmly and deeply believe this court represents an opportunity to show that international criminal justice can work that trials do not need to take years to complete, that justice can be thorough, reasoned, transparent, efficient and fair, that we can take the best from past tribunals, that we can apply rigorous standards for lessons learned and achieve a functionality and a practicality for this institution that has frankly eluded other criminal justice institutions in the past. It's an opportunity to prove that creating and supporting courts like this makes sense because they can function effectively, they can contribute to justice and to a public airing and understanding of the facts and hopefully, ultimately, to some healing.
0: Well, he's not wrong. Yeah, it's true that uh, some other tribunals have taken a long time. I've just been writing again about the special tribunal for Lebanon, but um, it could uh, come back to uh, bite him. If this does take a long time
1: yeah, he sounds uh, he sounds super confident now, uh, but you know uh, we've heard that before from prosecutors. He hasn't been uh, tested kind of in in practice against the lawyers who make it basically difficult for the prosecutor. so I think the best is to do what he asks and judge him on uh, what the record will show. He sounds confident now, but I'm not entirely sure that he will be uh, after this trial. Well,
0: yeah, as uh, we've just said, uh, we'll definitely come back and uh, check and see how the defence is going uh, later on. And you also mentioned uh, that uh, just this week, the judges at the International Criminal Court have approved the prosecutor's request to open a case against alleged crimes against humanity in the Philippines. That was the request that uh, Fatou Ben Souda put in right at the end. I mean, like days before she handed over to Kareem Khan. And it's about um, various killings, extrajudicial killings alleged to have happened during the so-called drugs war. There is a lot to say here about how a country that's withdrawn from the Rome Statute can still see its nationals being investigated. But um, we'll save that for another podcast and stick with your Balkans theme. Um, I do want to know about this Srebrenica play that you've just seen.
1: Yeah, remember when we did our 25 years of Srebrenica podcast about the movie that just came out? We had Alma Mustovic on to talk. And she explained that she was doing a play also with ex-Dutchbat UN soldiers who were there at the fall of Srebrenica. So I went to see that. I really recommend it to all of our listeners who understand Dutch. And we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, where this play is going to go. It's also going to go in The Hague and Rotterdam soon. So... Um, I thought it was really well done. And for a complete like genocide and Srebrenica nerd who's read all the books, seen all the documentaries, was at the trials, all those things, it still kind of brought me new insight and, and showed me a different facet of it that I that I hadn't known before. So, so I thought it was absolutely fascinating.
0: Well, I definitely plan to see it myself when it's in The Hague. And um, yeah, I probably, like you, really enjoy different ways of looking at this world whether it's an art exhibition a film uh, or a theater piece in in that case but um, yeah I'm uh, I'm glad that you got to see it I hope I will too
1: yeah I think this show should be toured around and every high school in the Netherlands should see this because I have big opinions about how little we know about Srebrenica and what is taught about Srebrenica. And I think this would make a huge difference, but I was happy to hear Alma said that they were actually showing it in school. So yesterday before they did the evening show in Leida, they actually went to a high school to show this, this play. So, so they are kind of getting it out there. So uh, that's great news.
0: Well, Great to hear uh, about that, Uh, but that's all that we're going to cover in this uh, edition. Uh, I know that you're working hard on editing the full length episode that we've got coming up, which is about how to support local prosecutions, which also has a Kosovo connection. So we'll keep with the Balkans
1: theme. Always with the Balkans theme. Thank you. Bye. 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 This was
0: Asymmetrical Haircuts, your international justice podcast, created and presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. Music is by Audionotics.com, and you can find show notes and everything about the podcast on asymmetricalhaircuts.com. This show is available on every major podcast service, so please subscribe, give us a rating, and spread the word.